Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. The Bulls are battling the reigning NBA champion Milwaukee Bucks in round one of the NBA playoffs. Keep it on the score as we continue our coverage of this huge series for the Bulls. We are Sports Radio 670 The Score, official radio home of the Chicago Bulls. Live from the Hyundai Studios, presented to you by your local Hyundai dealers. We are WSCR and HD Chicago, WBMX HD2 Chicago, and Odyssey Station. The Score! Yes, I have noticed he's terrific. Uh, look at his stats in Japan, uh, one of the best players over there. Uh, they may have gotten a, a real bargain. What was it, eighty-five million, something yeah. like that? Uh, that may be a bargain in today's dollars. So, good for them. I know there was a lot of competition. A lot of the West Coast teams were involved, but uh, you know, I mean, he's been one of the best four or five players so far this year, and uh, that's pretty good in a new league. That is Odyssey Baseball Insider John Heyman on with Mully and Haw yesterday. That show's coming up at 5 o'clock this morning. I'm Chris Ranji. Final hour of score overnight. Hey, thanks for hanging out with me for the last several hours. I have to assume you've been listening the entire time. And if you have, I appreciate it. And I love you very, very much. Uh, Brad Biggs, Lisa Byington, Mike Florio, all coming up on Mully and Haw today. And again, to remind you, David Ross will be joining Lawrence Holmes at noon today. Cubs did win 4-2, to two, and Suzuki, who Heyman was talking about there, goes 2-3. for three. His uh, slash line, and again, I know we're just 10 games into the season, but his slash line so far is 4-29. 564, 929. His slugging percentage right now is 929. That's extraordinarily good. Yes, I know. We're only 10 games in, but that's still very good for 10 games in. But I do think Heyman might be on to something. Um, if he's remotely in the vicinity of this productive, the Cubs have gotten themselves a pretty nice bargain for a pretty good player, and he has hit in the past. He's hit at a professional level in Japan. He's been really good. He hasn't been 1,500 OPS good, but he's been really good. And there's reason to think that might continue here. Not 1,500, but uh, something very good. White Sox ended up not playing their game last night against Cleveland. That was postponed. It will be made up part of a doubleheader on July 12th. Elsewhere in Sparts, I mentioned Jake Arietta telling the Pardon My Take podcast that he is calling it quits. He is retiring. 
He has not filled out the paperwork yet, he said. But he said, quote, I'm done. And uh, for him, it is time to hang it up. And he's had a, he had a pretty good career and helped the Cubs win a World Series, won a Cy Young, and pitched a no-hitter. Did you know, by the way, yesterday was the anniversary of Mark Burley in 2007 throwing his no-hitter, his first no-hitter. He had the second one, which was a perfect game, as you know. That was the first no-hitter I ever got to see in person. And I feel very fortunate that I not only saw that one in person, but I saw his perfect game in person. And then Francisco Liriano, when he was pitching for the Twins, threw one against the White Sox. So I saw that one too. So I've seen three no-hitters in person. I know. Congratulations to me. You're happy for me. I know. But I feel pretty good about that. I would say most people don't get to see a no-hitter in person. I've seen three. No big deal. So Jake Arrieta, I mentioned he's done. Uh, Another baseball thing, actually a couple of baseball things. Jose Altuve, in a game against the Angels last night, left the game with a hamstring injury. They're going to continue to monitor him. They're going to look at it a little bit more. But um, a hamstring injury, that's the kind of thing that can hang around for a while, as you know. And we'll see if it ends up affecting him, and he misses a significant amount of time for the Astros. It may not matter because they are just good, and they're probably going to be able to withstand that for however long he's out. The Astros also 6-4 and four on the season, just like the Cubs are. So, um, by the way, the Angels are 6-5. and five. Is this going to be the year, finally, that the Angels make a postseason and get Mike Trout? Can you imagine two of the best, most prolific players in baseball are on the same team, and they don't get to go to the playoffs ever? Maybe this will be... The year that happens, we'll see. They've got the talent for once, right? I know. I think. I think. Yeah. I think. Uh, I want to say. I think Trout got hit in the hand yesterday, though. So hopefully, hopefully he's okay. Or two nights ago, I think he got smacked in the hand. So I, I don't know if he played yesterday, but I mean, if that guy can stay healthy and Otani can pitch well, like that's a pretty darn good team. And if Joe Madden can continue to put up God. four fingers with the bases loaded. Walk Corey Seager, yeah. I listened to Mully and Odd, a great discussion about it on Friday. You just can't do that. Same with, like, the uh, pulling Clayton Kershaw. Like, I get innings limit, whatever, I get it. Give him a shot. Like, put him out there. Like, come on. Yeah, I don't. I, I mean, it's not like, look, Corey Seager is a good player. A very, very good player. He is not Barry Bonds in his prime. Come on, man. Barry, when when that happened to Barry and juiced up, roided up, whatever, allegedly, it doesn't matter. That dude, when he was at the plate, was arguably the most terrifying hitter of my lifetime. I, I And honestly, I can't think of anybody who was more terrifying to pitchers for about a two, three-year stretch where they wanted nothing to do with him nothing that man if the ball got anywhere near the strike zone put it in the seats 
he was otherworldly for about a three-year period. Like that, Corey Seager is not on that level. Hey, it ended up working for the Angels on that night, but it was just a really silly thing to do. I, uh, they, they won the game. I mean, you can say they won in spite of that or they won because of it. There's no way to know if Seager would have hit a grand slam or something, which would have changed the game, obviously. But to assume that's what was going to happen? Ah, I don't know. It, it does feel like a a Joe Madden trying to outsmart the world kind of situation. What a very, really strange thing um, that happened a few days ago. Freddie Freeman for the Dodgers, who is now a member of the Los Angeles Dodgers, after leaving the Braves, faced his former team for the first time and in his first at-bat. Shift on to the right side for Freeman. And the pitch. Fly ball, left center field. It's going to be a long run for Duvall. He looks up, and it's gone! Oh, my! Freddie! Freddie! Dodgers one to nothing. Can you believe that? Well, his first home run was with some guys that he played with, he shared the afternoon with, and there were some tears in the process. AM 570 LA Sports is the home of the Dodgers. And uh, Charlie Steiner, come and get your whooping. You're in with the call. So Freddie Freeman on an 0-1 pitch does that against his former team. Of course he does. And I'm sure Braves fans were very happy about that. That's probably the last thing you wanted to see. Oh, great. We love this guy. Oh, what did he? Oh, cool. He had a home run in his very first opportunity against us. Seven to four, the Dodgers won that game over Atlanta. The uh, Braves, they're five and seven to start the year. Dodgers are, you know, the Dodgers, they're eight and two. I feel like that's going to continue. Probably for a long time. NBA playoffs. I don't know how I buried the lead here, but we were on baseball with the Cubs. I continued with baseball. Three games in the playoffs last night. The 76ers beat the Raptors 112 to 97. So, in what was the series a lot of people picked to be the most intriguing series of the playoffs, or at least of the first round, because of the the two teams and the dynamic and the possibility of it going to seven games. Well, Philly's got a 2 nothing lead in the series now. And uh, Tyrese Maxey with 23 points, nine boards, eight assists. A terrific night for him. For Joel Embiid, uh, he in the game last night with 31 points and 11 rebounds. So he had himself a very nice night. And there was about a 30-second moment in the game where he went over to Raptors coach Nick Nurse. And Nurse was standing on the sideline, and Embiid was on the floor, and they were talking to one another. And Embiid, after the game, was asked what that conversation was all about. Oh, man, he's, he's a great coach, obviously. I, I got to, you know, what he's been able to accomplish, and, you know, I've always been a big fan, um, but... You know, I, I told him, uh, you know, uh, respectfully uh, and told him uh, 
and to stop bitching about calls uh, <laughs> uh, because I saw what he said last game. Yeah, uh, so last game, after game one, after Toronto lost, he basically said that Embiid wasn't getting fouls called on him even though he should have been. So complaining that Embiid went to the free throw line 11 times and there were a bunch of fouls that it should have been called on him. And he was not happy about that. And Embiid found out about it and told him to quit bitching about it. (laughs) That's just, I love the NBA. I love the NBA for stuff like this. I love it when players are not afraid to tell you what they think. They're not afraid to gloat. They're not afraid to, even people like Kyrie Irving, who that guy is just a doofus, just a an all-round doofus, uh, flipping birds to the crowd in Boston who hate him two nights ago. Um, that was interesting, an interesting way to respond and then act like it doesn't bother you. Of course it bothers him. Oh, it doesn't bother me. Yeah, it does. Yeah, it does. That's why you're flipping the bird multiple times to the crowd on multiple different occasions. He did that, but I like the NBA for the reason that players are not afraid to kind of be themselves. They're not afraid to speak their minds. They're not afraid to express themselves. Even when expression means a uh, double freedom rockets to the crowd. And that's what he did. And also you have people like Steph Curry, who is one of my favorites. I, he's a, Seems to be a universally well-liked player. The Warriors beat the Nuggets 126-106. to Denver is shorthanded. They've got Nico, Nikola Jokic, uh, who had a double-double last night, but it's like they've got nothing else. They are just they're on fumes. Meanwhile, here's Golden State. And Steph Curry coming off the bench was... Outstanding. Got 18 points. He's scored eight of those in this third quarter. Curry, and he's fouled. And it goes. And a chance at four for Stephen Curry. Well, Brian, I know the playoffs don't count in the voting, but if it did, Steph Curry could be your sixth man of the year right here. And that is the second four-point play possibility Mm. for the Warriors in the quarter. The highlight on TNT, uh, Sean Sears, maybe you've already seen the box score, but let me ask you. In 23 minutes, Curry off the bench last night, how many points did he score? You know what? I honestly don't know off the top of my head. I know know him and Thompson went off, but um, you said he played 23 minutes. Is that what you said? 23 minutes. God, um, it's probably something ridiculous, like 30 points then, right? 34 points. God. <laughs> he dropped Steph Curry last night, dropped 34 in 23 minutes. He was 5 of 10 from 3. The, the play you just heard was him shooting a 3 and getting fouled on it. And he was 12 of 17 shooting. So wow. maybe the foot feels okay. Yeah, I think he's doing just fine, huh? That's magnificent. I knew Jordan Poole had a big game. I heard a lot about him afterwards. but uh, He did. Man, 34 points from Steph and just 23. That's a crazy efficiency. 
It's just, it's so stupid. Um, Jordan Poole, 29 points, eight assists. He was five of 10 from three and 10 of 16 field goal. Just incredible what he's done. Also in the other game, uh, there was a third and Jalen Brunson went off last night. 41, eight and five for Brunson. Mavericks beat the Jazz. The series is tied at one, 110-104 as Dallas wins that. These NBA playoffs, they've been pretty good so far. Tom and Algonquin joins us on Score Overnights. Hi, Tom. Uh, good morning, Chris. Thanks for taking a, a grody spot and keeping things rolling. I thought uh, you said... Uh, not down in chat. I thought you said uh, somebody else. I, I misheard you. But what I wanted to get at was, as far as the Bulls, um, Patrick Williams, a no-show. And that's the gentleman that you would hope could have an impact to make the game uh, to where we could possibly contend. Correct. Well, I mean, he's he's one of the people, but it's it's probably more important to get better production out of your two big guys. And but DeRozan isn't and Patrick Williams? Didn't he start? Yes. Doesn't Donovan him starting? And how can you score? But shoot three shots or five shots, three rebounds. Three. No, I mean, it's basically. What are you doing in there? And yet, I know, I was hoping that his defense would be a factor, which it can be. It can be. Don't get me wrong. But uh, basically almost a no-show. And Caruso, obviously, is still hurt. You can see it when you watch him. And uh, it's going to be really tough. So now I go to the Cubs. Yes. Hello? Yes. Okay. Hello? Okay. Uh, the game, uh, they took out, uh, oh, I forgot who was the starting pitcher. Uh, Smiley. And, and no, I no. know so, that. Are you talking about last night, Hendricks? No. No, a day or a day or two ago. When Smiley was taken okay. out four and two-thirds. So, basically, the boss, the boss was, the boss was, He's got the Joe Manor gene, the same gene that took Kyle Hendricks out of the World Series game. Again, Ross, Manning, Lester. That was a team. That was like, it was like a trifecta. Uh, oh, we're not going to let this guy get a World Series win. He already won the pennant. We're not going to, or he already won the, yeah, the LA, yeah, the pennant. We're not going to also let him get a World Series win. But it's a, Eight ten games in a season, and you're taking this guy out of a of a victory, a victory. No, I'm going to not let him have success. I'm taking him out with four and two thirds. The guy hit a dribbler that Smiley mishandled, and okay, so now there's a guy on base, and there's two still two outs. Oh, you're in Colorado, I mean, the score, and this is what uh. 
Madden didn't look at, or Madden maybe looked at it, but he said, I'm the boss. Five to nothing. The score was five to nothing. What are you afraid of to let Smiley face another batter? Uh, wait, so you had a problem that they took him out and just needed one out. Like, why? Why? What's the problem? Yeah, why'd you take him out? Because he earns a victory after five. After yeah, I don't. Two, I don't think. You don't, yeah, that's that's a thing that nobody really needs to care about. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. You leave yeah. with success. You leave with a victory. The guy threw like fifty-two strikes on seventy-four pitches, and he gets yeah. taken out of a game, and he gets taken out of a game. So he gets a no decision. All that effort, and so, he gets a no decision. They got to win. Wait. Who cares? They would have won. They would have won. They still they would win. have won. Yeah, Tom, they did win. Who gives a crap if Smiley gets a, a credit for it? Doesn't matter. The team got to win. That that it doesn't matter. As a like, I know some pitchers care about that, but I would imagine in the end, uh, Smiley's happy they got to win. I it doesn't who cares? Sorry, I don't care. And I don't think anybody should care if a pitcher gets credit for a win. It's one of these statistics that I thought most of us had gotten past as being important because it is not important. It does not matter. You know what matters? The team win. Wins. That's what matters. That's what matters, Chris. The wins. It's Yes, the team win is what matters. Pitcher wins don't get you to the playoffs. Team wins get you to the playoffs. So, like, really, does it... it, And and by the way, Drew Smiley's next contract, like, I know they'll throw those numbers out there when they're trying to negotiate. He ain't getting paid on the amount of wins he's got. He's going to get paid on the kind of ERA, the strikeouts, the peripherals. Like, those are the sorts of things that are going to help him in contract negotiation, if that's what we're worried about here. That's the kind of stuff that'll help him. Not if he has 15 wins in a season. And then that crap doesn't matter. You know what matters? If the Cubs win. And the Cubs won that game. So I'm not really sure what we're complaining about. But I appreciate the phone call. Cubs won that game 6-4, to four, by the way. They won last night against Tampa Bay 4-2. to two. Second game of the series against the Rays at Wrigley Field will happen tonight. And we will have that game right here on 670 The Score with the pregame show and Zach Zaidman. It all starts at 6.05, Cubs and Rays tonight from Wrigley. I'm Chris Ranji. This is Score Overnights. Yeah, there was that one three-pointer he passed up where it's like, come on, man, you got to shoot that. Now, he, I, he, I tweeted it, and it got a lot of action on Twitter, and I, I did forget to point out, and I didn't have the Twitter machine reset button, but uh, I did forget to point out he had four free throws at that point. He had played like 12 minutes without taking a shot, you know, which we've seen too often from this guy. But, yeah, he he, he just had the, a game where you don't really remember him being out there much, and, and that, that obviously – you know, part of that is just because he's guarding. He's got obviously the toughest matchup in the series, but 
offensively, um, you got to see a little bit more from him in game two. Well, I mean, Patrick Williams successfully boxed out Giannis Antetokounmpo uh, with two minutes left in the game, but they called him for the foul, even though Giannis climbed over his back. That was actually maybe the... So those were the two most memorable moments. There was the passed-up three that Casey Johnson was just talking about. He had a wide-open opportunity and dished it off instead. And then there was the most infamous moment where he boxed out Giannis, and Giannis clearly uh, was the aggressor. But he already had five fouls, and there was no way they were going to let him foul out of the game with two minutes left, and they gave the foul to P. Will instead. That's when the Bulls dropped the opener of the series, 93-86, game two tomorrow night. And it will be on News Radio 780 WBBM because the Cubs will be on tomorrow night, 670 the score. So Bulls on 780, the Cubs on 670. That will be tomorrow. Cubs are on 670 tonight, as I already mentioned. 605 for the pregame show as they take on the Rays at home again. Let's get back to your phone calls. We visit with D.C. on the south side. Good morning, D.C. Good morning to you. How are you doing this morning? I'm doing okay. Talk to me. All right. Now, I've been listening to the sports station for the last eight, nine years or ten even more. I never disputed with less, but I got to dispute with you today. You, okay. Uh, you, you stated that uh, that – an uh, individual going past four innings doesn't mean anything. Why he's pitching, as long as you get the win. I understand that point. We definitely need the win. But, however, the game is getting killed by statistics and a lot of things. We sitting here and we're talking about four innings, four and a half innings. A little league pitcher pitches six innings. So I'm asking you, what's the use of having a Cy Young award if it doesn't mean anything? What's the use of having a starting pitcher or an eighth pitcher if it doesn't mean anything? Well, what we were talking about is the pitcher win, first of all. That doesn't mean anything. It, the only thing that matters, the only win that matters is the team win. It does, it, I don't care, nor should anybody else care if the starting pitcher gets credit for one because it doesn't matter. Um, no, I, I can have 20 I wins. Win. Yeah, so so that's kind of what we were talking about. That's that's number right. one. Number but, two, but number two. Is, let, let me I'm let me sorry. let me go on here. Um, the second thing is, I I don't think analytics has ruined baseball. I think there are some aspects of analytics that have forced teams to operate in a certain way that's not as entertaining. I don't think the game is as entertaining when a batter's up there just trying to draw walks and like trying to take close pitches and trying to extend at bats and trying to get into the bullpen sooner. I don't think that is entertaining. Okay. What I don't think this has anything to do with what you're talking about. Analytics is not forcing drew smiley to come out of the game in the fifth inning. 
I think him coming out of the game in the fifth inning the other day is more a function of these pitchers didn't have a full spring training. It was only his second start. He threw 68 pitches in his first. He's up to 75 this time around. You know what? I think he's done his duty for the day. Let's go ahead and go to the bullpen. Fine. You're building him up. All these pitchers are getting built up, and it's going to take a little bit longer because instead of a six-week spring training, these guys got like three to four. And there's that's why Clayton Kershaw came out of the game the other day for the Dodgers after seven perfect because he was at an 80 pitch count. And he even admitted in, in his first starts of the season after having elbow problems all last year that ended his season early, they were not going to extend him in his first start of the following season, especially since he hadn't thrown much leading up to that point. So what you're seeing is not a Tampa Bay Rays opener situation, and that's how they use their pitching staff. What you saw was probably them being careful with the, with a starter who is still early in the year. So I don't think it has anything to do with analytics. And I don't think it matters that he gets the win or doesn't get the win. What matters is that the Cubs got a win that day. So I understand where people are coming from in regard to analytics and how some, some byproducts of analytics are not entertaining, are not necessarily better for the sport. One of them I covered a minute ago, and I think there's there's a lot to that. I, I do agree that that doesn't necessarily... Analytics can help you win and can do a lot to help teams win, but it doesn't always necessarily create the most entertaining product to win or, or to watch. I totally agree with that. But again, the smiley situation, I don't think is about analytics. I think it's about being careful with the starter early in the season in which they didn't have a full spring. Let's go to New Lennox and visit with Ryan on score overnights. Hello, Ryan. Hello, Ryan. Is Ryan gone, or did did Ryan leave? Hello? Hi. What's up? Hello? Man? Hi. Hey, Chris. How are you? I'm good. I just want to bring up, um, obviously, you mentioned Seiya Suzuki and his unbelievable start that he's had. I wonder if you can maybe pull it up in front of you. I can't really because I'm driving. Um, his stats, as you mentioned, in the first 10 games compared to Yerman Mercedes' stats that he put up in his first 10 games. Because I remember last year, Mercedes kind of stole the show in the MLB those first 10, 10 to 15 days and the whole month in general of April. And then I wanted to bring up one quick point on the White Sox. Um, the bats have kind of fallen asleep lately. I wonder if you're worried about that, or do you think that's kind of a byproduct of the cold weather and they'll heat up as the weather heats up? Thanks. Oh, well, I appreciate the phone call, Ryan. First of all, I'm not worried about the White Sox offense long-term. They got a lot of good sticks in that lineup. I mean, I, I, I think they probably still could have made a right field acquisition. I mean, they did. They got A.J. Pollock, and now they're kind of trying to fill. Um, I don't think Pollock was the best option available at the start of the offseason, but it's better than nothing, I guess. And while it's not a perfect offense, there are a lot of really good hitters in it, so I'm not afraid about what they do ultimately. I, they're going to hit. They hit last year. I think they're going to hit again this year. 
again, may not be as good as it could have been, but it's still going to be pretty good. So no, that does not concern me. As for your mean Mercedes, I'm I'm looking it up right now as I'm talking to you. I've got I've got their splits pulled up at least uh, your means first ten okay. games comparatively to Seo's first. And he's only played they've only got the nine games because obviously the tenth game isn't up on baseball right. reference. But your mean through ten games last year, he was batting five hundred with a four or seventy five forty eight OPS eight sixteen slug with an o or an on base percentage excuse me of five forty eight OPS of thirteen sixty three had three home runs, walked four times with 10 RBIs in total well, how five many, extra base hits. How many plate appearances is this? This is 42 plate appearances. And then Seiya has okay. seen, so we're talking about 35 plate appearances. So pretty close, pretty okay. close comparatively. Seiya's batting 400, 554 on base percentage, pretty close. Slugging 960, though, with an OPS of 1503. Obviously, he's got the four home runs, 11 RBIs. Big difference here, nine walks, two intentional had nine strikeouts, though, compared to your means, only four. Your mean right. only struck out four times in his first 10 games of the Sox. That's wild. Well, I think there's another um, there's another thing here. Like, there's another difference. Sure. And the difference is Mercedes wasn't supposed to do that. Right. He like was every every. And, and I, I know that sometimes players come out of nowhere and then they end up being a career surprise where it's like nobody thought anything of this guy. And then he did all of this, but that was really not supposed to happen. Right. I, Everything I'd say Mercedes, probably, yeah, that, I'd say yeah, a that, better comp to Mercedes is probably Patrick wisdom. I'd say more so than Suzuki. Maybe, but Patrick wisdom actually has a pretty good pedigree. Like sure. there was an expectation when he was in the Cardinals organization. That's true. Even with that Seattle he was going, yeah, yeah, that he was going to be really good, or at least I mean that's that's kind of what the the Cardinals thought. I mean he was a I, he was either a, he was a first round I think he was a compensation pick, so we're talking about a higher draft pedigree, and they expected him to be really good, and then it just I guess they figured it wasn't going to work out. And I'm trying to remember. Um, they had not gotten Arenado at the time. No, he still wasn't there because that was back in like 2018. I think he was still in the Cardinals organization. And I'm, and I'm off the top of my head. I'm trying to remember who it was that was blocking him from getting called up. But yeah, wisdom. And maybe he's a closer comp to Mercedes, but this is a with Suzuki. We're talking about somebody who was playing professional sports playing professional baseball. And I know minor league baseball is professional, but like the big leagues in Japan, basically, and doing really well there. That's not what your mean Mercedes was. Your mean Mercedes was just like, he was there out of necessity and then just crushed it. And everybody was like, okay, who is this guy? Like Suzuki, they went and signed him and gave him a bunch of money to come play here. Completely different situation, but I appreciate the phone call, and I thank you for checking in this morning. 312-644-6767 might have uh, some time for a call or a text or whatever on Score Overnights as we continue and we approach the start of the Mully and Haw show, which is 20 minutes from now here on The Score.
I mean, I mean, it's it's early. It's a small sample size. I mean, they they obviously have some good players. Um, you know, to me, they're kind of a piecemeal team. I, you know, I'm not seeing a lot of these guys here for the long haul. They signed very short-term free agents. Uh, Stroman's got an opt-out after two. You know, you've got Villar with a one-year deal. Um, Frazier on a one-year deal. You know, the prospects that came up last year and did great. We shall see. I mean, uh, Wisdom, Schwindel, they were very good last year. And, uh, you know, I mean, uh, maybe those are going to surprise me. I, I looked at them as close to a 500 team. And, you know, right now they're just, they are a little bit above that. And after a tough schedule, I mean, obviously we don't think the Rockies are going to be great, but they're playing well. They're at home. So that's not an easy assignment. And, you know, I got to give them credit. They, they have done better than I would have thought. Cubs are six and four on the season. This very young season in a tie for first with the Cardinals. Uh, St. Louis is five and three. Cubs are six and four. So the win percentage a little bit higher for St. Louis at the moment. Um, but also we are very early in the year. We are 10 games in the year for the Cubs, but it's off to a good start. And that is John Heyman, Odyssey Baseball Insider with Mully and Haw. That was yesterday. Today, they'll talk to Brad Biggs. They will talk to, and they're going to do some NFL draft talk today. The draft starts next week. We're a little over a week away from that. Uh, Lisa Byington, who is part of the Bucks broadcast for Milwaukee, she's going to be on the station at 8. And then Mike Florio will talk football with Mully and Haw coming up at 842. And then at noon today, Cubs manager David Ross is going to be here on 670 The Score talking with Lawrence Holmes. That is all happening on The Score today. Uh, The number is 312-644-6767. Got a few moments if you do want to jump in here. I don't know if you saw this or not. And this happened over the weekend. There was a video of Fernando Tatis Jr. for the Padres who has dealt with numerous injuries already in his very young career. He just signed a 14-year contract. It's worth $340 million. This dude is playing soccer in the outfield at Petco Park against a couple other teammates. You know, they got a little goal set up, and they're playing out there. Getting some exercise, cool. But he gets slide tackled. He falls on the ball, lands on his right shoulder. He's okay. Like, it didn't aggravate anything. But it could have. Like, what are we doing here, man? And if you're the Padres, there's no way you're okay with this. And I know he's an adult. He can do whatever he wants. But not when you've had a bad shoulder that's a recurring problem. You've had a a wrist injury. You've had a hamstring injury. You've had a back injury. You'll be playing soccer. What's the matter with you, dude? You get to do one thing. You get to do cardio. Well, you get to do two things. You get to do cardio and your workouts, and then you get to play baseball. And if you get hurt playing a sport, it needs to be baseball during Padres sanctioned activities. What is the matter with this dude? 
I can't believe, I cannot imagine the team was very happy about that. There's just no possible way. I'm sure they had a talking to with him. I know Padres fans were. Can you imagine signing a player to a $340 million contract who's had multiple injuries already in, in like a two-year period, multiple, and one that keeps coming back, and then he falls on that shoulder too? I think it's his right shoulder, isn't it? Whatever. Dude shouldn't be falling on any shoulders playing any soccer. Should be playing baseball. And for God's sake, stay off the motorcycle. Hopefully he doesn't have one. Uh, this text message from an 815. Wisdom was being held back by the almighty Jed Jerko, my friend. That's right, he was. And Jerko, for a minute, was pretty good. Somehow, doing great. And there was just no room for Patrick Wisdom. But Wisdom does have a high draft pedigree. And typically, players like that get longer leashes. They get more opportunity. Teams are willing to continue to give them chances. I, I, I don't know why it's just the top draft picks. I don't know why it's guys like that. Like a dude will be in the drafted in the top 15 or something and hasn't really panned out in the first four or five years, and a team's like, you know what, we'll give him a shot because he was drafted really high and he's supposed to be good. Like maybe sometimes that player is just not going to work out at the big league level and just because he was drafted high, Maybe we should just admit that a mistake was made. But it seems like a lot of teams are not willing to admit that. Like, they'll keep going back to that well over and over again. I don't think that's what's happening with Patrick Wisdom. He's actually contributed a little bit. He had a bomb last night. 420 feet out to left field, and they showed the graphic. And I, it's one of my favorite things on Marquee. Um, I know other networks do similar stuff, but I love what Marquee does here because they utilize it pretty well, especially in a ballpark like Wrigley Field where the wind is so volatile and things can change from moment to moment. And they can tell you like how many miles per hour or feet um, a, a ball will be affected by coming in from one direction and the wind blowing out another direction and how the wind is affecting it. So they will show you, like the ball hit by wisdom, the trajectory of where it went, and the trajectory of where it should have gone under normal conditions. And had the wind not been blowing in, it wouldn't have gone just a few rows back. It would have cleared the bleachers probably and ended up on Waveland. So he hit an absolute bomb last night not the biggest home run you'll ever see but he got a pretty good a 420 foot home run for him we have been spending a lot of time talking about Seiya Suzuki and how good of a start it's been for him and a caller in the last segment bringing up your mean Mercedes and saying you know what were the similarities between the two and and at least in terms of OPS that kind of production. There were some similarities there, but this is a guy the Cubs went 
and paid for thinking he could do something like this. Now, there's no way the Cubs believe he is a 1,500 OPS guy. This is just a bonus. They're, they're getting extra production right now. What they are hoping for is that he can get them around 900 of an OPS. And if he does that, Gordon Wittenmeyer, who was on the show earlier, made a really nice point. He said if that's what he gives them, they've effectively replaced Chris Bryant in terms of offensive production. And pretty good base runner, too. A lot like Bryant. Smart, quick, good at, at cornering bases. He tried to stretch a single into a double yesterday, which he was called out for. And there was some argument that maybe he would have been safe or was safe. But they couldn't uh, They couldn't confirm on the replay either way, they go with the call on the field. It didn't end up. It didn't end up mattering because they ended up winning the game anyway. But there's a lot to like with him. There really is. I like him, and it's it's really exciting to see a good young player like that. Uh, by the way, the White Sox did not play a game last night. Their game was weathered out in Cleveland and they're going to have a double header coming up in July as a result of the game washed out last night in Cleveland. I can hear Herb Lawrence right now complaining about the crappy weather in Cleveland as if it doesn't happen in Chicago too, but he just hates the city of Cleveland. He hates, there's no traffic. He hates the weather stinks. He probably hates that bridge with all the Guardians on it. At any rate, uh, the White Sox are going to play them tomorrow night, or tonight, I should say. Cubs will play tonight. That game's here on the score. And then another reminder, I know we'll continue to remind you, don't forget, the Bulls will be on News Radio 780 tomorrow. So game two is going to be on 780 tomorrow. David Ross, as I mentioned earlier in the segment, he is on the score later today. Going to make his first appearance with Lawrence Holmes. And a lot coming up on the Mully and Haw Show. Brad Biggs, Lisa Byington, Mike Florio, all of that is happening next. I want to thank my guests for this morning, Cody Westerland and Gordon Wittenmeyer. Thank you to the both of them for joining me on the show today. Sean Sears producing this bad boy. Did a fantastic job as he always does. I'm going to be back with you tomorrow on Score Overnights. I think we can do this again. What do you say? Midnight? Come right back here? Yeah, cool. See you then. Molly and Haw coming up next. I'm Chris Ranji on the Score. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. 
We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.